There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to Falling Pieces on the Fangirl Zone. I am Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve. And today we have a very special guest joining us. And I'm so super excited. We have from Debris, Miss Jennifer Copping. Hello. Welcome. Hi. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for <laughs> um, being here. I am yeah. so excited that you're here. And we had started talking off air and just verifying how we say her last name. And apparently it's really obvious where I'm from. Yeah. So say my name again. Say my name again. We'll do Jennifer, take two. <laughs> Jennifer Copping. Yes. Copping. It's the A. The O sounds like an A. And um, the reason I was able to guess it is because I lived in Chicago when I was doing the musical Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat with Mr. Donny Osmond. I have to say that because he is a trip. So he's such a fun guy to work with. But anyways, my first day I got to Chicago, went down to the Chicago theater where we were going to be doing our show. And great place. place. Yeah, it's gorgeous. So old and historic and, you know, amazing. And I was walking up the back steps to go to the dressing room. And I heard the woman who ended up being the dresser for my track saying, who's got copping socks? I can't find copping socks. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, is she saying copping? I couldn't <laughs> know. It was so funny. And it was sort of the joke the whole time. I'd say, you say my name so funny. <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah, I've never been able to hear it in myself or anyone else. And I know that I had read something before about newscasters trying to get not quite a Chicago accent when they, they try to lose their regional accents but like yeah. midwestern yeah I'm like i don't hear it i don't know it's weird but i guess you never hear from where you're from you don't hear no like- i don't think you do except if you're an actor and you're from canada then it, it becomes very clear what the canadian accent is because uh with the american shows coming to shoot in canada they they do not enjoy the canadian accent it, it is <laughs> it is not okay so right. So we've all had it drilled out of us, right? Yeah. Like I say, like a Uper accent around here. Like you hear that, but that's kind of extreme. Yeah. That's upper, 
upper Michigan, Wisconsin yeah. area. Yeah. But anyway. I love it. I love <laughs> I, I love the diversity of accents across North America. It's so yeah. so fascinating to me, you know? It's well. so weird because I don't hear anything normally. Like I would think when I met Steve, I'd have picked up where he's from, but I don't have a clue. Like originally I never had a clue. Right. Where are you from, Steve? Well, I was raised in Oklahoma, but have lived all over the country uh, last 20 years in Texas. Yeah, yeah. I would have guessed. I would have guessed that, I think. Yeah, I'm in Missouri now, so it's... (laughs) Okay, you're in Missouri. What's a Missouri accent? Well, we got here just a few months before COVID, so I haven't really figured that out yet. (laughs) Okay. All right, so you're new. You're new and you're not really mingling yet. Right. Right. Damn COVID. Wow. I know it. Well, you, weird. you aren't the only one that has, um, shall we say, worked with Donny Osmond. Really? Yes. I did one of their shows out in their big homestead in Utah doing wow. cue cards for the show. Wow. Way back in the 70s. My gosh. And was he a jokester then too? Because he's such a joker. Yeah, I don't know if he'd quite got into that stage yet. They were still, you know, the kids were still teenagers at the time. So they really hadn't matured into adulthood yet. So, yeah, well, that's a cool thing to to have in your in your uh, memory bank there. Holy. Yeah. Seven degrees of Donny Osmond. (laughs) (laughs) That could be the name of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. I. I do actually want to talk about the show that you're here to talk about. And Steve's going to kick this off, though, for us. All right. Well, were you aware of Fringe and J.H. Wyman's work when you were offered the role of Julia Maddox? And if so, did that influence your taking the role? Oh, was I ever? Yes. I saw every episode of Fringe. I even auditioned for it a few times back in the day. I never worked on the show, though, so I didn't get the chance to meet him then. And I had also seen every episode of Almost Human. So, oh, love that. We did that one too. Yep. Yeah, you did. Hey? <laughs> yeah, it was so good. I just, I, I was, I remember being kind of devastated when it, it didn't go for another season because I just absolutely loved the premise. I loved the characters, thought it was amazing. So, um, yeah, no, I'm a big fan, big fan. So, when I got the audition through, I, I not only loved the character of Julia, really connected to it, but and saw that it was Norbert Leo Butts, who I also love, love his work. I, I, so the, there were so many pluses, but but then zeroing in on who the show creator was. Okay, this is I um this has to happen. And then luckily it did. <laughs> right. What has your experience been like on Debris specifically? Because this is such a unique type of show and everything going on. Just your personal experience with everything that's been going on on the show. My personal experience has been. I'm kind of amazed how much it's permeated my life. You know, sometimes you'll do a job and forget about it the next day. But this, I'm not only proud of and excited that people are loving it, but also the role itself was such a gift, like just just to get to explore uh, a relationship that is so complicated and fractured. And, you know, it's just not that often that you get something that deep and detailed within a sci-fi genre. So I think it's just super cool what he's doing and laying the groundwork in season one. And I know I do not know what happens in season two. I really don't. None of us do. 
but I can imagine or I can pick up in, that there's just enough threads that have been put throughout the first 13 episodes that that there's some incredible places that it could go. And that's just so exciting that I, I kind of can't stop thinking about it. I'm just, ooh, what's going to happen? <laughs> I think we're all right there with you. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because we've kind of had several discussions about your character since you first made your appearance on screen. Yeah. And that first scene where Brian picks up your phone and looks at it. Oh, Craig, you mean Craig? Yeah, Craig, yes. I knew what you meant. Thank yeah. You. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When he um when he picks up the phone and wonders why there's an unknown caller, right? Right, yes. We thought, well, maybe she's been spying on him and knows about the debris and might be doing yeah. a double cross on him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, right. And that was in episode four. Right. So, so then you have, yeah, you have, you have everything that we've learned since about all the double agenting going on. And it, yeah, it does make you go like, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. What are the possibilities and what reality are we in? Exactly. You know? Ex- oh my yeah, gosh. Especially said now. That a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I really can't. The inquiring minds would love to know because yes. I I'm really excited. Yeah, like I said. Now I'm your character in. Julia is dealing with some very emotional trauma. How were you able to get into her headspace and make it so real for the audience? Yeah, it, it honestly, as an actor, that's our job, right? Like our job is to fully believe what's what's what we're saying, uh, what our memories are of, of the uh, incident or the trauma, if that's what it is that you're working with, and figure out how to make that believable for yourself so that it's believable for the audience. So what I use and used in this situation is, is called sense memory work. I won't go too into it because it's a bit it's a bit like, oh, whoa, that's kind of intense. But but basically you you create or recreate all of the elements of the event okay. for yourself um, in a way that sensori- sensorially so that you, it feels like it really happened to you. And then when you go to do the scene and, and shoot the scene, it's, it's really just like reliving something as you talk about it. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it you do always. a fantastic job with it. Thank you. That's <laughs> I was for gonna sure. Say it's always amazing how, any actor is able to just be a chameleon to me. It's like, I, I am so amazed that you do it. And then now that you've explained it, it's like, oh my gosh, you have to put yourself through so much. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, like I need it. I, yeah, you need to know exactly what happened during those 15 minutes after the accident and, and be really clear on the things that like in this instance, the things that Craig's Norbert's character that he, maybe doesn't know, maybe I've never shared with him or, you know, the secrets you keep as well in your work are, are what make it really visceral and interesting. So therefore, unless you, unless you have a, a situation where you're creating that, that backstory and that sense memory stuff together, which happens with actors, but Norbert has a different process than me. So we chose to talk about certain things and then to not talk about other things. And so, and then when you meet each other on screen, you have a very like you have his perspective, which is human nature. I see things one way, you see things another way. So you have this really um, vibrating scene because we both filled it with so much, right? Yeah, I've probably watched that scene from episode um, 
episode nine. I've probably watched it about 10 times. Like it's just, I, I love seeing how they cut it together and, and just, I see new things each time. It's kind of exciting. I love it. <laughs> that kind of takes us into the next question. And since you mentioned Norbert Leo Buds, how just what's it like to play opposite the person who everybody hates right now? And we all <laughs> love to hate. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think I don't think Julia is that thrilled with him either. No. <laughs> so I'm right there with you. What's it like? It's amazing. He's the ultimate scene partner. He's such a great guy. I think Joel just did such a great job of of choosing not only fantastic actors, but fantastic humans, like people that, that you really want to know. You want them to be your friends, you know? So yeah, Julia doesn't know anything about Craig's work. She knows, she basically knows that he works for a government agency, but that's, that's kind of the extent of it. And that's, that's because he can't share that with her. So yes, I don't think she has any idea just how, how uh, powerful or hated or whatever he might be. Yeah. yeah. She just has enough of her own issues dealing with him to even worry about that right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and you know, that's, that's another thing that just trying to imagine, like I have a friend, we have friends that have a, has a son who's on the autism spectrum and he's fully functioning. He's such a beautiful boy. We love him so much. And, and he's, he's an amazing kid. Is it easy? No, it's not easy, right? To be day in, day out dealing with the, the medical needs and the emotional and physical needs of a child that has autism. So to, to look at our son in the, in the script, Dario, played by Christian Rose, that's his first job, by the way. Wow. Really? I know. Wow. And he's so good. He's just, oh, he's doing such a great job to play the parents of a child that, that has so many needs and is, is so disabled and unable to communicate. That's been something that I've, I've really, it'll be interesting for me to see how, how much farther that storyline might go or, or what that, you know, what that kind of work I would have to do to, um, just to understand day in, day out how you, how you deal with the needs of someone that can do nothing for themselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have two kids and it's exhausting and they can, <laughs> they can wipe their own butts. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yes, I do. Right? <laughs> Yeah. So, so yeah, I think these are just big, huge themes that are being written into the show. Yeah. I do want to say thank you for that betrayal because having lost my oldest son a couple of years ago, I can identify with how you're feeling and the, the multitude of emotions that you go through on a daily basis until you work your way through it. And I can kind of tell that Julia hasn't really even hardly started to work through it yeah. for herself, at least. Yeah. yeah, that's so true, Steve. I'm so sorry to hear that. That's um, got to be the hardest thing you've ever been through, I'm sure. Yes, it was. But uh, <laughs> you're the reason we're here, not me. <laughs> no, you know, but again, what a beautiful uh, offer that is for you to share that. Because again, I think that that, that, is, that is what Joel is working with, with the themes in this, in this show is human connection and human suffering and, and joy and love and like how, how it's all connected. And then I, and then I'm assuming how it's connected with the, um, the beings that have, have, you know, were on that ship that crashed. Right. Right. So I, it is, that is about me and that is about you. 
That's what I'm saying. So there you go. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm interested in seeing what's going to happen then for the next season, because when we had the last reset from when they were jumping through time and the way it ended with your family, uh-huh. it's like, we don't know where you guys are. We just know about the divorce papers. So uh-huh. it's like, oh, could there be more happening? Could there be more children? Could they not have made it? And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, I kind of go crazy. And I'm <laughs> like, tinfoil hat theories fly on the podcast a lot. Just right. Yeah. We wow. kind of, we figured you probably were already in Houston until we saw the <laughs> some uh, photos from the season finale. And well, okay. She's still in Virginia yeah. at least. <laughs> yeah. I am still there. That's probably the most I can tell you, but yes, I'm still there. But again, <laughs> what reality are we in? I don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah. We talked about that a lot. That's a whole rabbit hole. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But how fun. <laughs> really is it so much reminds me of fringe. It was that we did do the same thing during fringe. We'd have so much to talk about and what about this and what about that? It, yeah. Just awesome. Yeah. Having worked on short films, videos, mini series and full length TV films, not to mention your voiceover for animated work. Mm-hmm. Do you have a preference of which type of project to work on? Well, I'm a theater gal first. So I would, I would say I'm happiest when I'm, on stage or, or, or directing. Directing. Yeah. I was about to say you directed a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely love anything to do with that. So, so it's, I don't love it more than film and, and, and um, television work, but, or voice work. I don't love it more. It's just, there's, there's just like, uh, I don't know. I just, I know it so well, you know, it's like, it's a part of me with television work. That's, that's more touch and go because Everything relies on it all going a certain way each day. Right. Oh, and so if there's tension because they're behind from the morning, because mm-hmm. the location screwed up, or because an actor was late, or because, 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 then, then your work becomes just staying centered and grounded and not affected by all the craziness going on. So you can do your work. Right. So, where you don't see that as much in the theater because that's no. like clockwork. <laughs> yeah. The theater, you, the stage manager has told you from day one which scenes you're working the first day and which scenes you're working the second day. And the third day, you're going to go back to the top and work to where you are. And then you're going to, you know, it's like, it's very minuscule if something will change. So it's just, it's just a very different animal, but I do love them both pretty equally, I would say. Yeah. You have had a three episode stint on the first season of Van Helsing, which we also cover. Yeah. And you had three very different directors, Jason Priestley, Amanda Tapping, and David Frizzy. Yeah. yeah. How would you compare their styles? And did you learn something that you used yourself later on? Oh, in terms of directing? Yes. Yes. Well, Amanda and I go way back. I, I We had the same age in Toronto uh, when we were both living there. She's originally from out east. And I was so excited to see that she was directing the episode. She's been just killing it as a director. She's actually show running now Motherland. Do you know about that show? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she's show running that, which is super cool. So she was just fun and she knows me so well. We know each other personally, you know. So so that was just a blast. That was great. Jason Priestley, I had met way back in what we call the warehouse days uh, here 
uh, he was in town doing something and he had just booked the Beverly Hills 90210 pilot and was heading back to LA to do it. So at the time he was talking about it to all of us. We were teens, you know, we were, I don't know, I was 18 or something. And, uh, and then he went on to become Jason Priestley, Beverly Hills 90210, you know? So that was fun to talk about and talk about all our old friends in common. That morning, no, not that morning. I'm trying to remember when David Cruz's episode was in between that. One of those, I think it was David's episode. Yeah, that was the second one. I got to work that day and found out that I was going to be killed. And when I, and <laughs> I think it was Neil Butte that walked up to me. Hey, how's it going? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I guess we're, we're going to be killing you. That kind of thing. And I was yeah. like, what? what? <laughs> yeah. I thought I was in like next season too. Oh, well. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. But he, Neil really loved to kill people on that show. It was his favorite thing. That's <laughs> yeah. the weirdest thing to hear somebody say, though. <laughs> You're dead. You're dead. Yeah. Because when I did sign on, they had said that it was it was going to be a bigger deal. Uh, and then they just were like, yeah, let's go this way. You know, it was that kind of thing. Right. So, oh, well. Either that or they hated what I was doing and they just had to kill me. No, not, 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 not even possible. Not <laughs> even not possible. Sure. <laughs> I will never know. But I did, yeah, get to get shot in the, what was that? Shot in the head, I think, right? Right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I've been shot in the head a few times on Fargo, too. <laughs> yeah. This is just the weirdest conversation to have, yeah. like, out loud. I'm like, yeah, I've been shot a bunch of shot yeah. in the head. Billy Bob, and- Billy Bob Thornton just mm. blew a hole right oh. in my head. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> Oh, that's something to tell the kids. Yeah, that's yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's not real, Sean. It's fake. <laughs> oh, but you make it seem so real. But it's not. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. You were on iZombie, so. I was. I was. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Funny show, too. Yeah. So how long have you guys been doing this podcast, then? What, we uh, just passed our six-year yeah, because I think we just published our 500th episode. Yep. Congratulations. That's amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. We had actually been podcasting on other networks together a few years before that, but it's been six years that we've been out on our own. Yeah. So. Good for you. That's amazing. Yay. I've been listening to so many podcasts. It's been really fun. Oh, it's I sort of been a new thing for me. I hope me. we're in the mix. Well, <laughs> you will be now that I like, It's such a new thing for me. I'm so late to the party that it's crazy i'm like oh my gosh there's so much out there yeah there really is and it's really exploded since covid too yeah exactly well i mean here at home what else are we doing right right (laughs) gotta do something exactly well Well, that kind of takes us into our next question (laughs) talking about how long we've been doing this With a career that spans over several years, what changes have you noticed in the business? Well, the obvious one, I no longer go in the room and pe- meet people for, for meetings and auditions. It's all self-tapes. Right. I'm not sure what's going to happen with that when things normalize. I feel like it's cost-effective for people. Sure can get a lot more done in your day if you're not driving downtown, finding a place to park, you know? all the stuff that goes with going to an audition. So life as I knew it has been very different uh, as an actor and lots of things I like about it, but, but lots of things I miss because this, this interaction, even, even through a computer screen, I enjoy that in terms of my work and 
can kind of feel like you're in a vacuum when you're doing doing all of your auditioning without the casting director or without the director there to to interact with. So I do miss it. I do miss it. I, I think I think I would I would hope that it will at least for callbacks that we'll start to do some in-person mm-hmm. stuff when when people are vaccinated. Does it help to calm the nerves though? Not having to be in front of some you know somebody the very first time you're trying to audition. Yeah, it's it's uh, the nerves are what I live off of. Like <laughs> I that is I I feel alive from the nerves, right? So so I'm kind of missing that. It's almost too easy right now with the audition. I don't really know how to explain it. It's, it's just like it's it's like an endorphin rush. Right. Yes, absolutely. And, and I'm, not, I'm not getting it. I'm not getting it once, twice, three times a week, however many times you would audition normally. It's just so safe. And I'm in my in this studio where I am right now, you know? So for me, it's not it's not my favorite thing. I do miss that. That's the biggest change for sure. Have your children shown any interest in following you or your husband in the Hollywood lifestyle? <laughs> No, I, I don't think so. My my oldest is really into music. So he's he's like going down the writing, producing for himself. He he likes rap music. He likes yeah, he's great. So he's he's into that. I don't know that he would ever get into acting. My youngest, on the other hand, would kill me if I told you this, but I think he's in so oh, nice. <laughs> not, not here, I'm just whispering in case he ever sees or hears this. Right. Um, <laughs> So he knows I, I tried, but I do. I swear to God, he's a little actor. I said, mean, you're an actor. You're an actor, honey. It's, it's fate. You can't stop it. And he goes, no, I'm not. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. I think, I think he is. We'll see. But I'm not going to push it, right? Like, right. Yeah. You can't push it. No. Let them make their own decisions. Yeah. If he comes to it on his own. Great. Right. Awesome. Yeah. 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 He's just... As you can see, I'm a very expressive person. He's like that too. He really, yeah. Do you think you and your husband will ever do something together? I mean, because he's into documentaries. So, well, he, he, we have done projects together. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, yeah, we have. We've done, well, three movies actually, but two, one where I was the lead and I won a Best Actress Leo Award, which Mm -hmm. is our, our local. Yes, we know what the Leos are. Yes, yes. Yes. Uh, I love the Academy Awards. No, but um, yeah, so we did that movie together. And then we just did a movie a couple of years ago called Rabbit that has been airing on Super Channel, which is it's a great movie, too, if you want to check it out. And yeah, he's not really he's got one movie he's been writing for quite a while, like quite a while. And he does keep sort of saying, I want to pick that up again. And it's something that we would collaborate on. So that's hopefully great. we'll yeah, see. I know. Great. I love working with him. He's hmm. really, really good writer, good director. And, and it's a good time when we get to work together. Would you like to tell us a little bit about your latest project, Old Midnight Choir? Oh, well, that's um, a short film that is also going to be a feature, is my understanding. I was brought into that just when COVID shut everything down. Oh no. <laughs> I know. So we we had I'd done my costume fitting, we'd done our rehearsals and we were about to shoot. We were going to shoot that weekend. And it was the weekend that everything got shut down. Oh geez. So it's in limbo at the moment, but it's a really fun script and and I I hope I get to do it. Uh they have said it's going to come back. They're just waiting waiting a little bit longer. Oh, well, it's probably safest cuz you never yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But cool that you 
asked about that. <laughs> I'll tell the writer director that we talk about it. She'll be excited. Yeah. And you'll have to come back and tell us all about it when it's coming yeah. out then. Sounds good. <laughs> well, everyone, we on behalf of everyone, I should say, we would like to thank you for joining us in the fangirl zone because this was super, super exciting and getting a little story of Chicago. I love when actors talk about Chicago stories because almost all, everybody has them. And I hope to see you not only on the big and small screens, but hopefully on stage again soon since everything's starting to open up. Oh, yes. yes. Oh. Hopefully the cons will return to being in person. Oh. Yes, I'd love to see you. San Diego Comic Con Hall H would be awesome. Yes. That would be so fun. Oh, I've always wanted to be on a show that would invite me to the cons because I just think they're amazing. So, yes, that would be great. Uh, yeah, I definitely want to see. You. I mean, I got to see the Supernatural guys up there and the Fringe guys. Now I need to see the Debris Gals. You need all of all yeah. of you up there because, uh, I don't know, the guys are represented a little bit too often. I don't know. Yeah, right? <laughs> Write a letter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm so excited for you guys to see the finale. It's, uh, it's pretty spectacular. I haven't seen it. I've, I, you know, I worked on it. So, I right. know. but, um, it's pretty spectacular. I'm excited for everyone to see it on Monday. Yeah. I yeah. have a feeling we're going to have a lot to talk about after and a whole lot of tinfoil hat theories going around. <laughs> No well, doubt. I'll our aluminum like George. Yes. <laughs> Foil. Well, don't forget to check out all of Jennifer's social media. You can find her on Twitter at Jennifer Copping, C-O-P-P-I-N-G, <laughs> Instagram at Jennifer May Copping, and her IMD page, Jennifer Copping, which will have all of her awesome projects coming up and past. And of course, check out the IMD of debris and you can see when maybe we have shows coming when season two starts dropping and we'll get to know all of the episodes Jennifer is on. So once again, Jennifer, thank you for joining us in the fangirl zone. And for this episode of Falling Pieces, I am Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve. Thank you so much. And until next time. <laughs>